Welcome to the J.F. Harris Ministries podcast. Join us today as we explore God's Word. We hope this message encourages, inspires, and uplifts you. For more information about this podcast and other valuable resources, please visit us at redeemedassembly.com. Now let's join Dr. James F. Harris. The Lord didn't save us just to carry us to heaven. He saved us so that we could be representative of Him here in the earth. God has always intended for man to rule in the earth. That has always been his plan. Man forfeited that when he allowed Satan. In the Garden of Eden, he allowed Satan uh, to persuade him to eat of the tree that he should not have eaten of. And as a result of him eating of that tree, the world then was put into the hands of Satan for a while. But God never intended for man to be to that place that uh, he should uh, not rule in the earth. Can you all say with me, I am a ruler. I am a ruler. Amen. Say it again, I am a ruler. I am a ruler. All right, so we want to keep that in mind. Uh, we've been ruled till this point, but you want to put in your mind, I am a ruler, and until I take authority, I'm not in God's will. Say it with me, until I take authority, I'm not in God's will. Until I take authority, I'm not in God's will. His word to me is to have dominion. And rule. I am a ruler. Amen. I'm not subject to my circumstances. I am a ruler. Amen. I'm going to do something about my situation. I have the power. I'm going to focus on what God said. Uh, it's very important that you do. Now, the apostle says that we uh, should not focus on the world. Look at 1 John 2, 15 through 17. The King James text says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world is the what? Lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the Pride of life is not the father, but of the world. And the world passes away, uh-huh. Can you say it with me? Could you, will, you, will you be honest enough to confess with me right now? I am where I am because of how I've been focusing. I want you to think about it. I am where I am right now because of how I've been focusing. Do you really believe it? Amen. And uh, I think we look at too much television and we pay too much attention to the commercials. And we become whatever come on the television, stay on there long enough, we become just that. But what we are going to do is we're going to focus on the Lord, the Lord God, on his will and his purpose for our lives. 
We're not going to stop falling in love with the world. We're going to fall in love with Jesus. How many of you know that I could increase my passion for the Lord? You want to increase your passion for the Lord. I don't want to just to be just going along. I want a, a passion to serve the Lord in the fullness of truth. I want a passion for him. Now, when you start letting things distract you, doesn't matter how mighty you are, if you let things distract you, then you're going to lose your way. More accident has happened because people have become distracted. One glance away, somebody's life. And too long the church have been looking and glancing at the wrong thing and souls are going to hell by the droves because we have been distracted. In automobile, one look away, something fall on the floor, the cell phone, text come up, and you look away, cost somebody their lives. Spiritually speaking, when we take our mind off Jesus and focus on something else, somebody die and go to hell. Let me ask you a question. Do you even care anymore? Do you even care anymore that souls are going to hell? I want you to think about that. Do you even care that souls are going to hell? We don't care that souls are going to hell then we surely don't have the love of Christ in us. Every soul that's alive, Jesus died, that that soul can be saved. But it's up to us. We can't save them, but it's up to us to introduce the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, to give them the opportunity to be saved. That becomes our responsibility. So don't love the world. We can think of some more deals in the scripture one distraction, one distraction, regardless of how mighty you are, can pull you down. David had a distraction, didn't he? What was David's distraction? Bathsheba. One distraction, a mighty king that had killed a lot of people, but he stopped being focused, losing his focus for that little pleasure that he had. Because she wore all of that in a bag of chips. For that pleasure that he had, David's family was thrown into chaos. His sons, a lot of them died tragic death. His son Absalom was trying to kill him. And all of this was a result of the sin that he committed. You see, sin on one hand causes reactions in other areas of your life. And so we would both say, yeah, David has his Bathsheba. Don't boast about that. Thank God that you don't have one. Amen. You're not the king. Sometimes you can thank God when you're ugly. Don't nobody want you. Thank God for it. Because if they wanted you, you might backslide. I wonder, you know, I wonder sometimes we, we, if, if you were, if you had all of that, you got your clothes on now, you're all right, but your shape ain't all of that. Suppose you had a perfect shape. A perfect shape. Could you keep it in a dress or in the pants? 
or would you have to flaunt it? If you was the beautifulest woman or man, beautifulest woman and handsome man, you had at least 12 suitors a day, could you still live holy? You see, sometimes God got you looking the way you're looking to keep you saved. Give God a hand praise. And we need to stop complaining. If you see most pretty people, most rich people, most of those people that got everything they want, these people, a lot, most of them are not saved. Why? They got distracted. They are not focusing on God. That beauty have caused them to focus on themselves. But you and I are just average looking. We look in the mirror, just pick out a few of the knots, put on our clothes, and we all right. Thank God. Can you say it with me? Thank God for the way I look. See, I'm looking the best I can. But I might not be able to stain looking better than I look. <laughs> Guys, can you imagine if you were built shoulders, waist, arms, neck, everything perfect looking? Every woman that would pass you by would look at you and whisper under their breath and just say, oh. Do you think you could stain that and say you need to be saved? Or would you be passing out your call saying, call me? See, we don't think about stuff like that. But, but, but you, look, you look the way you can handle. Thank God. You can handle the way you look. Thank God for it. Amen. You can handle the way you look. But you look, if you looked any better than you did, one ounce, better than you look right now, you might not have been able to stand it. It can be a distraction. David got distracted. As a result of him being distracted, his family was in chaos. David died a hunted man because of his fall with Bathsheba. He was a hunted man when he died because of Bathsheba. One distraction. Samson was real strong. He got distracted. Who distracted him? Who? Delilah. Delilah. I told you. You're looking as good as you can look. She got, she got him distracted. Big strong man snatching up gates and fences and everything else. Laid in the lap. Got distracted. Woke up bald headed and blind. Because he got distracted. Let me tell you what happened to you. The devil, when the devil distract you you lose all sense of now. You lose, you, you don't even know what you're doing right now. When you wake up, 
You wake up in a world of confusion and everything else, and you be saying, how did I get here? But spiritually speaking, have you been to the place where you became distracted enough, and then when you come to yourself, you had lost your prayer life, your praise, your joy, your fast life, and all of that happened because you became distracted. You were not focused. Because it has happened to me. I've been saved a long time. But I've had time when I got distracted on something that I thought was important. And when I came to myself, matter of fact, just on this week I came to myself. I said, oh God. And you go into prayer and say, Lord, what happened? And you start saying, Lord, please forgive me. I lost my way. Why? Because we fail to focus. Whenever you are distracted and you don't focus, you are going to lose. Is there anybody here feel that I should have been a lot further than I am? Had I made application of myself properly, I should have been further than what I am. Well, you can at least confess that. But we get, we just get distracted. One of his tools that Satan used is distraction. What do you think happened to Eve? What happened to Eve? It wasn't that the devil had power over her. He distracted her. We have giants in this congregation. But a distracted giant don't mean anything. We have to focus on who God called us to be and give ourselves to that. Why was Jesus so successful? The text that we are looking at. Why was he so successful? Which meant he was what? Focused. He did great works because he was focused. And when it came time for him to face the cross, the scripture said he set his face like flint. He would not be distracted. But God want a people that's not going to become distracted. And whenever you become distracted, your vision turn inward and you start thinking about yourself and your self-interests. You become selfish. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 9. Philippians chapter number 2, verses 5 through 9. Jesus was focused. Do you not know Jesus was a man like you and I that had to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Did y'all realize that? Do you realize he spent at least 30 years undiscovered? Nobody really knew 
who he was for 30 years. And it wasn't until in the wilderness that John looked up and saw him. Because I told y'all a few Sundays ago, Jesus wasn't a good looking man. He wasn't the type of man that you would look at the second time. He was just ordinary. But when John looked up from the banks of the Jordan and saw him coming, John saw something that nobody else saw. Because had he looked special, he would have been noticed. But because he didn't look special, nobody paid any attention. He did not have to elbow his way through the crowd. He just was there, standing. Nobody wanted him. And then John looked and saw Jesus. He saw something. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And all of a sudden it was on. It was on. He was baptized, got up out of that water, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he started working miracles. What was his first miracle? He started off with a good party. Turned the water to wine. And from that point, it was on. But he wasn't all that special. Matter of fact, he kind of looked like you and me. But he walked in a room, nobody would notice him. All right? Look at what it says. Starting at the fifth verse, what does it say? Look at somebody and ask them, are you ready to pay the price of obedience? Because if you're not ready to pay the price of obedience, you're not ready to serve. I think one of the things that tears a pastor's heart out more than anything else is to continually preach to people and teach people the right way. And then they continually go their own way. Matter of fact, this is what told the heart of God out. He said, all day long, I stretch forth my hand to rebellious people. And they will not hear. And the only way God got their attention, they had to get in trouble. Like a lot of times, people don't even say paying attention to the pastor until they get in trouble. Then they want him to get them out of trouble. I saw the trouble coming before you got in it, but no, you ain't paying no attention to me. Bishop just trying to hold me back. I'm holding you back all right. Keeping you from making a fool of yourself. Isn't there something when we decide to do wrong, we avoid the main of God. 
We actually, and, and we, we don't want to say we do, but we avoid the pastor when we have in our mind something that we have contrived to do. And I'm afraid if I see him, he might give me something that I don't want to hear. So what do I do? I avoid him. But you'll be surprised. There's nobody in the church that rejected more than I am. Especially when people want to do the wrong thing. If they're going to do the right thing, oh, they're in my face. But when they in their mind, there's a doubt there that says this might not be right, but I want to do it so bad, I don't want nobody to tell me. So I'll tell you what, I ain't gonna, I'm all born, Bishop. If God's heart was hurt, the pastor's heart is hurt too. He said all day long, I stretched out my hand to rebellious people and they would not hear. You see, once you become distracted, you become selfish. When you become selfish, you become a law and a God to yourself. You become the smartest person in the world. All of a sudden, holiness holds you back. God help us. Right thinking and right doing become antiquated. Because we're made up in our mind, I want to do what I want to do. And God said, what I have... I wonder what the message translation said. I kept saying, I'm here, I'm right here, to a nation that ignored me. I reached out day after day to a people that turned their backs on me, people who make wrong turns, who insist on doing things their own way. Oh, my God. Amen. This is what God says. I don't care what you are trying to do, you can get anything done if we have a spirit of obedience. A spirit of obedience, listen for the command. When they heard their command, they don't make excuses. They do it. Obedience is costly. Tell your neighbor. Obedience is costly. Do you think it cost Jesus? Did it? Look somebody in the eye and tell them, and you're not going to get by either. Say, you're going to pay in obedience or in hell. You make the choice. It's not because we don't know better. It's because we choose not to do God's will. It's not because we have not heard the instruction. Read it again for me if you still got it. Yes, sir. I reached out day after day to a people who turned their backs on me, people who make wrong turns, who insist on doing things their own way. The, the book of uh, Philippians says Jesus Christ was obedient, right? 
he was obedient. And one of the things he had to obey was what? Death on the cross. Death on the cross. Everybody that's saved is going to have to make a tough decision. And if you haven't gotten to that place yet, it's coming. You're going to have to make a life and death decision. You can say no now and face the consequence later on. Or you can purpose in your heart to be obedient. Or you purpose in your heart, I'm going to hear and see whether or not I want to be obedient or not. And whenever you are disobedient, you are easily distracted. An obedient person is not easily distracted. They set their face like flint. And they walk in the ways of God. You cannot pray for you to be disobedient. If that spirit inside of you done told you that's not the way to go, you better obey that spirit because it's going to cost you in the long run. It might please the flesh right now, but in the long run, it's going to kill you. Look at John 5, 19 and 20. What did he say? What did Jesus do? What he saw his father doing. Which meant that he was what? He was focused and obedient. What did Jesus do? What you do? What do you do? <laughs> What's convenient? What feel good? What's popular? But if our eyes are focused on him, Jesus says, I'm focused on the Father. And what I do, I do what I see my Father do. It's amazing how the name holiness is still on the building. But holiness have gone out of the church. God help us. God help us. And sometimes the only difference between us and the world is the name on the building. And we think we're doing God a favor because we make all the services and pay our tithes and give our little offering. But can God move on you to do something that you think you can't afford? And that you really don't want to do. You have to answer that question. 
can God tell you to do something that you can't afford and you really don't want to do? That's what obedience is. I had laid my stuff out. I always been pretty good with money. I ain't had a whole lot, but thank God I was able to do pretty good with money. I pay my bills on time. My credit score is above 848, something like that. Two more points and I'll be there. So I pay my bills on time. My stuff laid out. And then this past week, God said, do 2017. And I said, no, I ain't going to do that. Not this time. <laughs> 2007? Oh, no, I can't do that. I ain't saved up for it. And God said, how dare you not trust me? And I went through that about three days. But on the third day, I submitted. And when I submitted, the burden lifted. Because if I do what he tells me to do, he's responsible for me. And the whole thing wasn't about the amount, what it was about. God was asking me, James, do you trust me? Because obedience come down to trust. Do you trust me? And it's going to come down to some stuff you want to do. Some stuff you want to do. God said, don't do it. Can you obey him? Are you looking at the father, seeing what the father is doing and say, I'm only going to do what I see the father do? Or have lust so conceived in your members until you can't obey God for obeying the lust of your own body. Lust is not necessarily a man and a woman either. There's other lust. Amen. Next thing I want to say coming in now on this year listen for instruction. Listen for instruction. The blessing is in obeying the instruction. Jesus said, I can't do nothing of myself. I can only do what the Father tells me to do. Listen for instruction. It's going to be hard, but listen for instruction. Anybody that ever got anywhere with God had to follow instruction. I, I, I th I'm glad I'm not the only one. God was about to kill Moses, wasn't he? Because he didn't want to do it. I, mean, I know y'all got it made. Y'all always want to do his will. But God is looking for people that he can push to the wire and they say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll do your will. If you don't want me to have it, I don't want it. 
I want to do your will. The whole thing now, since being saved, God wants to have a relationship with you. And that relationship can only take place when you have denied yourself and then take up your cross and follow him. Why? Because if you can't obey God, when he gives you something, you're going to consume it upon your own lust. Some of us in church now because we don't have enough money to backslide. If you had another about $3,000 more, you would backslide. God forbid you got $100,000. Don't! And a lot of times, God don't give us stuff because he wants to hold us to himself. He said, all day long, I stretched out my hand to rebellious people. I tell them to come, 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 and they refuse to come. And he said, I have to punish them to get their attention. And sometimes, God is pleading with us. And the only thing that we can respond to is punishment. The only thing that will get our attention is when he's not messing with the stuff you've been lusting after. And then you turn to him and he's such a gracious God. He don't sit there and hold it over your head. He abundantly pardoned. He told Israel, I bought you out of Israel for one purpose only. I think that's Leviticus. I bought you out of Israel, out of Egypt just to be your God. And after bringing them out of Egypt to be their God, Israel turns around and worships every little thing. They saw the work of God. Then they started worshiping a golden calf. There were things that was made with main hand. They start worshiping it. And don't, don't get mad with them because some of us are doing the same thing. God give you something and you worship that. What do you mean you worship it? You give it all of your attention. That's what worship is. How many of you know you're blessed? Amen. How many of you know if you focus this year, you're going to be successful? 